The guest for this episode is Emma Lydia Flanori. She is a friend and fellow grad student at U of O. In this conversation, we talk about her involvement in the student union. We get into a conversation about student labor as a graduate student. We also discuss some of her research in porn studies. So we will have some explicit conversations about pornography in this episode. If that makes you uncomfortable, oh well. How do you how do you deal with with being in the union? Because mm-hmm. I, I know the last time the last thing I heard you say is like, you know, you I like to take up space. But mm-hmm. like my whole thing is like being around all of that, just very like high, strong energy. Yeah. And I think like. I personally don't like the big member meetings. Because I think that's when that happens the most. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, I, oh, I hate it so much. And I mean, it, it, not that it doesn't happen in the smaller spaces, because it does, but it doesn't just seem so like dramatic or yes. like theatrical and just like the world is ending. Um, <laughs> it's like, so I don't know. I like the smaller spaces where it's like, a committee meeting or something like that or even um I do oddly enjoy like the bargaining process um just like helping work out language like contract language and proposals and stuff like that um because that is like tangible stuff to mm. me you know like it's actually working towards something yeah yeah um so yeah I feel you I I try my best to really like I'm there, but I'm not <laughs> when I'm in these GMMs because well, it just they're long. So one of one this is why I don't do union <laughs> stuff anyway. Um, but I guess they help me out. I guess I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, this is what I, this is something I want to talk to you about, like like universities exploiting student labor and mm-hmm. like. I don't know if you feel that. I don't know if you feel that doing the union job or I don't know if you feel that, you know, being a, just a GE in general, like, yeah, like what, how, like, how would you describe to someone who doesn't really know like what a PhD PhD student does? How would you describe to them what you do? And like all the work that goes into it. Oh, that's such a big question. <laughs> um, I feel like I would describe what we do is. Uh, it's it's almost like a. Some people like you know like K K twelve teachers will be like it's a labor of love like we don't do it. Then they say that at Ab- Abbott Elementary they're like we don't do this for the money like we do this for because we care about the kids. And I don't think that's for everybody, like by any means, because there's a lot of people who are here because in, in doing GE work, because you just have to, like, it's not really a choice. You just get thrown into it. Um, so you, you get paid to do some things that you might like and some things that you don't like, but you're always going to be doing more than what you're paid for at this present moment. Yeah. And it sucks. 
Um, and because fucking capitalism, <laughs> um, <laughs> and the university not valuing you, you and your labor, right? And not seeing, not recognizing that, especially as the, like a grad student, the university would not run without the labor that we do. Like, absolutely not. Like, even just our department, imagine if there was no GEs to teach all those goddamn comp classes. Like, they would be screwed. <laughs> but we're cheap labor. And so, like, I don't know. It's like this weird, yeah, you're just taking advantage of because you want to, like, pursue your your own passion at the mm-hmm. time at least mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. like sure come in we'll do this and then you just kind of get shit on i feel like i'm <laughs> losing the answer to the question that you asked me no no that's you're yeah i don't it's it's complicated it's like it's like an unfair compromise you're having to make you know what i mean like if you if you really want to like keep going with your education like and you can't afford it to pay it out of pocket. Like, how else are you going to do it? Like, how yeah. bad do you want it? And if it's that bad, then guess what? You're going to have to do labor where you're not fully paid for. Um, so I think maybe back to the first question, that's like one of the reasons why I am passionate about unions is because like, it's trying to close the gap. Mm. Like, as close as possible for those kinds of things, because really in theory, unions are helping to like form solidarity, like class solidarity, right? So it's all about wages and money. I mean, not all of it now, but that's kind of where it started. It's just like wages. Um, can we make sure that we are, we're, we're getting paid for our labor. And so I am like, I think it's a worthwhile investment in your time Mm -hmm. to like do what you can to try to close that gap and try to make that happen for people even if you don't feel it now like the people that come after you um yeah so yeah i mean you're doing you're doing the god you're doing the the lord's work so (laughs) i commend you i could not do it (laughs) um i don't know it's like i always try to like Because, you know, like many of my relatives and friends work, you know, actual Mm -hmm. jobs. And so, like, I don't I don't know if they really think of what I do as a job. Like they just Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. I'm in school. But it's like, yeah, yes, I'm in school. I also have like a full time job. Yeah. And it's like, I don't ever know how to explain that. And it's also like you know, a lot of what goes into our job is like reading and researching Mm -hmm. and all that stuff that you don't really like write down hours for. You don't really think Mm -hmm. to do it because I mean, the stuff we're doing is like, we're actually passionate about it, but it's also like, that is extra work that we're tacking on. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know when I've had a weekend just to myself. Like I usually because I'd be trying to do other stuff. Right. I, <laughs> I, I do my, on my weekends, I just focus on school stuff because mm-hmm. I don't, that's the only time I can, you know, really pay attention to it fully. Right. 
academia can be such like a black box because it doesn't the lifestyle is really strange like I feel like you would never there's like no other field where you like I don't know (laughs) I don't know yeah lifestyle is maybe not the right word but I don't know it's just like a weird like your schedule is changing every three months and you Mm. know like you could in theory like some weeks sleep in till noon if you didn't teach till two like I don't know it's just like this weird flux and you're expected to do work and labor and not get paid for it right like (laughs) I like shared that like oh I'm working on an article that's going to be published and like oh do like that's cool like how much you get paid and you're like oh you don't like you just do these things like (laughs) you should get paid for it but yeah but you don't but somehow it's like we've established like oh that's fine because it's it you know builds our cv and builds up our our portfolio and makes us more important and you know like a bigger presence in the field and yada 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 and i just feel like it's such a just yeah the lifestyle is just so different and it's just hard i think it's frustrating to articulate to other people but i'm like coming to understand it's probably like how do you even describe it or how do you understand it if you haven't been in it like I would have no idea yeah I I don't I mean also like this for the simple fact that very few black people and people of color go to graduate school Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like if and it's also I I was talking about this to another person that I know um who just who just got their master's um, we were talking about how we didn't really figure, we didn't really find out stuff about Black history until we got to grad school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it's like, had I not taken this this path, I would have not, you know, been where I am in terms of mm-hmm. the knowledge and all of that stuff. But it's also like I shouldn't have had to go here to. Mm-hmm to get that right to figure that out yeah yeah I think yeah that's another thing it's hard when there aren't a lot of people in your family that even have any experience of yeah what it's like or the labor that gets put into it and also I think like we're in we're in the humanities like in general like like it's not a like as tangible of a thing and so I think even that is just already at like the bottom of the hierarchy of like things you could be doing if you're gonna keep going to school um yeah because we're not in stem or whatever uh so I think that's another like added layer to that as it's hard to like see materially like what what we're actually doing yeah well I mean you know, it, it's just so funny to me how devalued the humanities are considering, like, I think we do some of the most groundbreaking and interesting mm-hmm. research. Like, we, we, like, like, I mean, just speaking for us two in this Zoom meeting right now, <laughs> um, I feel like we do work that is mm-hmm. really, like, you know, exploring topics that haven't been explored, like really digging deeper into just different kinds of histories. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, it's like, I don't get why that kind of work is like devalued versus 
finding the cure to some obscure disease. Like, I don't know. I really, I respect what STEM people do. Mm -hmm. It's boring though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no, there's no like critical, I don't know. There's no critical thinking. I mean, it is, but it's different. It's like, Mm -hmm. you couldn't, you couldn't talk about that stuff with people who don't know what's going right. on you can talk about the stuff that we study that mm-hmm. yeah you know I don't know yeah it's like not it's not it's more challenging to make it legible yeah that's and know. the thing that gets me is I, I feel like this meme like circulated a lot but it was like how are we supposed to know that it was misinformation or disinformation and then it's like staring at like the humanities because nobody like wants to go do our classes or do our work or you know what I mean like there's so much um just life stuff that like interpersonal stuff that you could get so I think just I sometimes I just imagine a world when like humanities is valued more and like how I don't know like maybe this is optimistic but like how how different I want to say better but like how different like our culture would be like mm-hmm. if that was the priority because mm-hmm. I it's industry and you know economics and you know medical advancements like all of that is so prioritized that like people don't give a shit <laughs> because they don't have to you don't have to give a shit to be able you know to be wealthy to make sure that we've got roads and bridges <laughs> like I don't know I don't know anyway let's get yeah. into talking <laughs> let's get it no uh-uh no that's that's it is what it is oh. um let's <laughs> <laughs> let's get into talking about your research because oh yes I like when you explain to people I don't know if you explain to your, your family what the work that you do, but, you know, how do you put it to people? Yeah. Um, I feel like I have different versions. Um, and I think usually if I, if I bring up porn studies, it's usually like at the end of the list of the things that I look at. Because I'll, I'll broadly say I'm interested in Black masculinity or um, representations of sexuality, but I look at it in kind of a very diverse array of places. So literature, TV, film, pornography, and I just, you know, so I kind of just add it, roll it into the list. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and then if they ask more, they're like, oh, Um, but if it's somebody that maybe I know a little bit more or um, I'll have, I know I have the time, like we have the time to kind of talk for a little bit longer Then I might say like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Or this is like a project I'm working on right now. Um, So that, because I feel like sometimes I, it, maybe it warrants more explanation of like, how do you study pornography (laughs) and how is that legit? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Like, I mean, we'll answer that question because like people would assume that, you know, there's not really Okay, I get, wait, hold up. I want to go on a tangent real quick. Every time we get together, we always talk about porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on a brief tangent. So okay. it's like people would think people, I feel like people 
think that you know something like porn you can't study like there's no use in studying it because of you know it just being used for sexual pleasure or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's like that's just one aspect of it like Mm -hmm. recently I've you know I've been really into my 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 dissertation is going to be on like black fashion and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's like I've been seeing in the porn that I come across um styling I've been paying attention to styling Mm. more and like like styling of the thug character there's yeah when yeah the kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that I find this is what I come across um (laughs) I'm not going to explain how I I, I'm not going to explain how I get there there. (laughs) (laughs) anyway but it's like the like the styling of of the thug and like you know I I really like I really like look at like porn actors as models now because it's Mm. like it's like I mean that you can be fully nude and then just have a hat on and I'm like ooh, I I like I like this outfit yeah this hat (laughs) and this shoe and and there's like when you pay attention to it when you slow down and pay attention to it like ignore the fact that people are having sex or maybe that yeah is a part of it it's like okay yeah why what's the what's the decision to to match what's the decision Mm -hmm. to match the hat and the shoe like what stop I don't know it's just like that's where I've been kind of reaching more it's like yeah like there's some there's some attention to detail in these in these Mm -hmm. uh videos yeah yeah I this isn't something I've ever looked into so I don't know if there's stuff written on it but it's me I've always found it interesting that a lot of times, especially in like heterosexual porn, the woman will keep her shoes on. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't like, kind of like you said, like the hat, like they'll have like a, just a hat on. But I always notice they'll leave this, like, even if it's like socks and shoes too, like they'll always have shoes on. Yeah. Um, and I'm always, I just, I've never looked into it, but I find that curious. And like, do you, based on stuff that you've, research so far like is that is that something yeah like I remember watching one video I like to watch thugs have sex that's just okay. that's just what that's I great like. um <laughs> and so one video the guy was like I like to keep my shoes on for traction he just <laughs> he just explained it and I was like oh that's why you keep that's why a lot of that's uh, hilarious that's why a lot of porn Action. stars keep their shoes on. Yeah, because okay. because of traction, it makes someone mm-hmm. it made it made sense when he said it, and so yeah. But then it's like I've been noticing, like, or trying to track, like, okay, that video was probably like late '90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. and then whereas you know you kind of still see the same, I guess, style kind of reverberated. I don't know if I said that right. Reverberated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, in, in the later, like in the later, uh, decades, like 2010s and such. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know, it's just, to me, it's like, I don't know. I'm just like, so curious about that whole thing. And also like, just trying to like, figure out a way to memorialize porn actors, because mm-hmm. it's like, I've been... I've been watching porn for a, a while now. And so it's like, I'm at the point to where I can remember people 
And mm. like, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember this person. Like, what are they doing with their career? And then I, I know like one actor was like basically murdered by uh, Ed Buck. Have you heard of this this crazy white so. man? Crazy white man that kills, that be killing gay black men. Okay. And so um, he was like murdered by this, this rich white man. And he, he was like, a, uh, he's a porn, yeah, a porn star. Mm-hmm. And I mean, his videos are still up on Pornhub and everything, but it's yeah. like, I want to think of ways to memorialize these people because mm. like it's like you yeah they're they're we do it for like Hollywood you know stars why wouldn't we do right. it for why like, not pulling stars yeah that's interesting yeah that's a good point I I am on board you should do that <laughs> <laughs> start making a list of yeah. the porn stars that have been a part of your formidable years and memorialize it would be okay but it's like but it's like okay when you we can talk about porn just very like openly Mm because that's just how we are but it's like it like people like do you feel like there's like there's this like hesitancy to admit that you watch porn everybody Uh, watches porn but like yeah um not really I think um, I mean, part of it might be just because I do pure romance and I'm used to talking about like sex more freely in that capacity, but I feel like, I don't know. I almost feel like, uh, empowered or like, mm-hmm. I almost said emboldened, but like to, I don't know, like fight for porn studies. I don't know. It's like, cause it, it's not, it, I mean, just recently, I think it was like 2014 or 2015 when the journal got established, but it took a really long time for that to happen. Um, and even now, like, it's not, you know, seen as like legitimate <laughs> in a lot of fields of like, you know, point of inquiry. So I, I don't know. I feel, yeah, just like very strong about like bringing it into spaces and like, like I don't know I I don't know for me it's never been I've never felt nervous to to bring it up do you Um, feel like like just the general like population like do you feel like they like is that what's kind of keeping porn studies in the dark like people don't want to people don't mm -hmm. feel comfortable going there or don't see you know the need to or yeah yeah, I mean, like, like people inside and outside of academia, like, it's, it's weird because we can have departments that focus on, you know, gender and sexuality, but like, we don't want to cross over always into, like, desire, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I think for people, I mean, obviously, it's, at least in the U.S. context, it's still taboo. Like, mm-hmm. right? It's something. It's we. It's this weird paradox because it's something that is so private and like something you do alone. But at the same time, everything is so hypersexualized all exactly, the time. Exactly. Exactly. So it's yeah. It's just like this weird. I don't know. Like paranoia. And so I think. I think if our if our culture was wasn't hypersexual I might feel more nervous about it but because we we see sex all the time like it's not something that is hidden I think Mm. it's easier to justify like okay like we can't 
say that porn has no influence on anything because sex is in our face all the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's taboo and I think people don't want to inquire about it because they get nervous, but like it's in their face all the time. So yeah. like, <laughs> I've been working on something in bits and pieces over the last uh, like year now um, that is gonna end up being a conference presentation and then an article and then maybe something more. We will see, there's a lot going on. But um, <laughs> so um, I'm working with this porn from like 1972, I believe um, called Behind the Green Door. And it's this movie from this era. Um, it's kind of called the porno chic era, where it's basically a time when there would be these full like feature length films that would be shown in regular theaters, like make tons and tons of money. Like this movie in particular was just like massive hit. Um, and part of the reason was like these obscenity laws were happening, which basically uh the way to get around the obscenity law at the time was like you could have porn or like very explicitly sexual things in a movie as long as that wasn't like the the point of the movie so like the purpose couldn't just be sex (laughs) so they like directors and writers they got kind of wise and they're like all right we'll make sure that there's some other plot going on even though it's still about sex, but there'll be something else happening. So there's another one that came after this movie called Sex World. And so it's this movie where all of these people, they're couples mainly, and they're kind of dissatisfied in the sex life. So they go to this like retreat where they get interviewed with these scientists and they like tell them all their desires, right? Everything that they would want to do separate from their partners, right? So they can, you know, each kind of, uh, have their own adventure with that and experiment um and then somehow this retreat makes it happen so whatever they could desire that that's what happens and they get some time with whatever they want and it's it's so much sex like there's it's very much it's a porn movie but because the plot is them them going to this retreat and whatever like it's fine like it passed or whatever so this movie behind the rain door is really interesting because it's um as far as people know, the first porn that has, um, or at least movie that has uh, interracial sex explicitly on screen. Hmm. So um, it's this really interesting, you should watch it. It's like an hour. So it's not, it's not too hmm. long, um, but it's basically, do you want me to tell you about the movie or just what I'm doing with it? What you're doing. <laughs> okay. So um, basically what I'm trying to do is um, I'm looking at one of the main characters. Um, he's played by Johnny Keys. You should look him up. I was listening to some interviews with him. He's passed away, but oh. he was like huge. Um, but uh, he plays his character as the African stud. That's like how he's listed. Um, and so, yeah, he comes out in, with like a tribal necklace mm. um, and he's got these white like pants, but just like they're they're like assless chaps, but like for the crotch and just like white pants, like, like footy pants. So you can't see his feet or anything. Hmm. Um, he's got his face kind of painted and there's like this, um, kind of funk music that plays in the background when he's on there. But, um, I'm looking at how he, one, how he like 
presents this particular kind of like black masculinity and blackness the right mandingo yeah yeah like very like viscerally um mm-hmm. but also how like the people in the in the room because there's an audience watching him have sex with this woman on the stage and like how his presence impacts the people in the room and like yeah. what they do and how they engage with themselves or each other sexually yeah um he also doesn't have any lines which is really interesting so it's um, just about his body yeah yeah so um it's it's really interesting and there's a lot <laughs> with my various versions of how I'm presenting this I'm kind of trying to piece what I want to focus on in different spots but yeah it's it's a really interesting movie I'm excited to figure out or well, see what you figure out and find yeah. out yeah <laughs> um so okay so that's the current project you're working on mm-hmm. there so there are a host of other like porn genre films that you look at do you care to talk about those and uh, how they relate to just yeah you know. um well I did my master's thesis that uh was more focused on cuckolding porn which is really interesting but I was mainly looking at amateur pornography mm-hmm. um mainly because I mean it was only a master's thesis and so I only had so much space yeah. to to focus on um but that I think is really interesting because um, a lot of times in cuckolding porn, it it's a white heterosexual couple with like a black male third that kind of functions as that like mandingo figure. And so um, I I think the commer- like commercially produced porn is interesting to look at too. Um, Cause I think it's kind of, kind of like the film industry. It's like kind of like a reflection of, sure. you know, cultural, you know, mm-hmm. zeitgeist and whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I think amateur pornography is interesting because it's like. Intimate. It's more intimate. It's closer it's to, yeah. It's like closer secret. to regular people. You yeah. know what I mean? Just, yeah. just doing it and posting it. And so yeah. um, to me, it's sort of like closer to. um kind of I hate saying real because like what is real but like real desires and um yeah like racial desires Mm -hmm. and um and beliefs and values kind of inside because I I don't believe that like you can have beliefs and values that are completely just secluded to like the bedroom like as a space that like have no way to like spill out into your own interactions with people outside of that space. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think like with amateur pornography, I think that like is getting closer to that in a way that commercial commercially produced porn isn't quite doing. Yeah. And yeah, I just think like looking at cuckolding porn can just be an interesting way to enter into conversations about just race in general, like just race relations between black and white men in the U S. Um, so, yeah. So that's how I like to, <laughs> that's what I've done <laughs> before with, with yeah. I want, so I want to ask you, uh, where do you, like, where do you see, I don't know if this is too far, but like, where do you see your studies and porn taking you? Mm. Like, you know, Cause most people like, I, cause it's like, I feel like, I feel like it's just like the negative 
uh, the negative people that I, I imagine in my head that are like, you can't, <laughs> why, how can you make a career off of that? Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. to study there, like, whatever. But it's yeah. like, I mean, just you talking about behind the green door and then also the, the cuckolding porn, like, you're saying, like, this is about race, racializ- racialization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like the you're you're drawing very important conclusions from you know, um, a kind of a source of entertainment that people wouldn't think they mm-hmm. could do that. So yeah, I just want to know like where do you see your your studies taking you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I do know that like. <laughs> uh, Dr. Pete has has told me that like it's we got to make ourselves our work palatable <laughs> and like marketable. So I don't at this point see myself being able to like market myself as like a porn studies scholar necessarily. I, um, <laughs> I disagree though. Really? I disagree. I feel like I feel like if like I feel like if you just you would just have to make make the path your own you mm. know make your own path yeah. i don't know that's it's, true i don't know i i imagine like full volumes of of <laughs> you of you studying porn films like we yeah. need that there's full volumes yeah. <laughs> of, of people studying other stuff yeah i don't know <laughs> i would die if i got like anthologized with like, like jennifer nash and <laughs> me ray miller young or something it could it could happen, could I, happen. it's yeah i'm gonna work my connections um, yeah, could happen. but yeah i i don't know i i i see myself like i am also open to like not being in academia fully Good. um I, I don't know what that would look like necessarily but i like the idea of of um kind of like I don't know cultural critic or like kind of like public education and just like maybe I maybe I am associate or not associate what's it called like an affiliated writer or something that I just like write op-eds um maybe I do podcasts maybe I do just write articles like just to get this kind of information out there maybe I do guest lectures um yeah, but I I, love that. I yeah <laughs> I also see myself like in the classroom teaching because I do enjoy that um and I would like to because I, I do still do stuff that's not necessarily porn like I do look at you know film or tv yeah, um, yeah. I just I find all of it interesting so um I I would be interested in continuing doing work in that area too and either teaching in those I mean I've never taught outside the English department but I would like to (laughs) do do you want to like do you consider yourself more of a writer or a teacher Mm. probably a teacher Mm. but I would like to do more writing I think in the in the next the next chapter of my life um I I want to write more 
creatively. I used to do it. I used to do it more when I was younger. Um, I like to do creative nonfiction. Um, And I would like to do more of that. I think I just, with grad school, it just, as you know, it just sucks it out of you. And it's hard to do those things. (laughs) Oh, how I know. So (laughs) um, I would, yeah, I would like to get back into that. And I'd say do it just yeah (laughs) because like I mean there there are multiple ways to be a teacher Mm -hmm. like you don't you don't always have to be in a classroom to be a teacher right so which is why I think it would be cool to do yeah like yeah podcasts or YouTube or just write articles yeah and just have that out there yeah I feel like there's definitely a way that you could get paid to write about the kind of stuff that you want to write about because like you said it's like cultural criticism so yeah and it's I mean I don't know I just I feel like this is not just like like trying to brag about my specific work but just like the looking into pornography or more into sexuality and desire in this way I just think it's like a it's a it's the gap in the conversation because there's so much I think that's like tied with like racism and desire Mm -hmm. that like just doesn't people don't want to explore and I think I don't know I just think it has a bigger impact on our everyday lives that we maybe are like we recognize i mean just when you when you when you bring my attention to the hyper sexualization of american culture that we just live in every day mm-hmm. and then like the just ta- like the taboo way that we refer to sex like it's just i don't know it's like it's just another way to keep explicit conversations of sexuality silence mm-hmm. right like it's just like like another control mechanism you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely because there's so much and I mean like we know that that has been a source of like control and power like white people sexualizing black people for centuries like that like it's been a source of power and so I don't know I'm like how are we like how do we do this like mental gymnastics to separate the the impacts of like inside and outside of the bedroom like I just I don't understand school (laughs) school yeah (laughs) they beat us out of us Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah um what okay i want to end with this question okay what advice would you give to graduate students who (laughs) are studying things that people tell them they shouldn't study or Mm -hmm. studying things that they feel like they should feel guilty for studying Mm you know I, I think how I did it was I found like a smaller community of people and I found ways like 
I'm just thinking like in a class where it's not, it doesn't seem to be about that. Finding ways that I can integrate it in like the final project or like the seminar paper. So maybe not all the assignments in the middle that you might do, but just some, some way like make your interests a part of, of the class, even if it doesn't seem like it could be, because at least in my case, like sexuality, it's in everything. <laughs> like it's, there's readings you can do for, for it all. Um, but I think if you find a group that you can trust, um, that you can collaborate with, that you feel comfortable with reading your writing, even if it's like two people, for me, like that's what got me through my master's because there was no, even my advisor didn't do the, she wasn't a foreign studies person. She didn't really look at sexuality. Um, but it was my, my, my thesis writing group that I was able Mm. to be with and like trust and kind of help support my work. So I would, I would find those people and lean on them as you're as you're going through because it's hard to do it on your own because you're Mm. constantly I mean you may have found it through your work too like you feel like you're having to do like this extra creative labor to like make your stuff fit into whatever you know class you're in or department or whatever Mm. um but I think if you can if you have those extra people like it just makes it easier more validating it gives you like that extra like encouragement and purpose that like what you're doing is good and it matters and yeah I also feel like this could be applied to just like writers in general like it just seems Mm -hmm. like you just Mm -hmm. have to cultivate that that community of people that you can share your ideas with like no judgment you know Right. Because I feel like a lot of times the, the, like, if you're in classes and stuff, I feel like a lot of times the teachers, like, they're not, I want to say like they're out of touch, but like, they're just, it's, I think part of academia is like having the new ideas come in, you know, yeah. like there's always going to be a new kind of group of thought <laughs> that that's coming in. And so that's going to be different. And so I think finding like that horizontal community versus the vertical can sometimes be more, sometimes more beneficial um, than trying to always look, look up to find someone to help guide your work. Cause I think sometimes that can stifle what you're doing because they can't grasp or understand or conceptualize what you're doing because they've been in for 20 years already. 